You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Up next, the latest on the Missouri Tigers from KCSN, which features multiple shows each week with Border War with former Missouri forward Jarrett Sutton and former Jayhawks guard Jeff Hawkins. And Mizzou, that's who, with insider Gabe Diarmon, Maggie Johnson, and Tucker Franklin. The latest news, the top stories, and an insider perspective to keep you in the know. Make sure to follow us on your new home for Missouri Tigers podcast, KCSN. And now, the latest on Mizzou Athletics. We're back on Mizzou That's Who here on KC Sports Network. I'm your host, Tucker Franklin. Season 2 of Mizzou That's Who is back. We are now consistent. Very big news to start off the podcast. We are now going to be consistent. We're going steady now with you guys. So, a hard launch for the podcast for Season 2. Very excited to be joined, as always, by Gabe Diarmond and Maggie Johnson. Gabe, how have things been? Things have been good. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. It's We're good. about to be busy, and I guess we're going to do this show every week. We don't know if anybody's listening, but we're still going to do it, right? I mean, right. maybe you know if somebody's listening. I don't know. I don't have access to those numbers. That's true. I, I, I try to keep Gabe in the dark as much as possible. I want him to just think we're just talking to nobody here. Uh, Maggie, how, I'm like a football coach who gets on the radio and he just says things and he's like, what do you mean everybody heard that? I had, I thought we were just having a conversation. The worst part is like football coaches that act like they just like don't know anything. I don't know what just made me think about that. They're just like, oh, I, I didn't know that Taylor Swift was doing a, a concert. Like, I, I didn't know there was naked hazing going on in, in my program. Bingo. For example. Bingo. <laughs> As an example, Maggie. How have you been doing? Good. I'm pretty sure people are listening to our podcast. If they're not, they're lying to me on Twitter. So, I mean, because they're asking us when we're recording again. I mean, so. I, I don't know if you're familiar with this Twitter thing, but there are some, <laughs> there are some untruths that get spread around there. Some people have told me it's not, it's not real life. So I don't know. Some Sometimes people say some things to me. Um, let's see if this seem like they're being kind of serious, but I don't know. So. Pretty good. I got to finally come and hang out with you guys in Kansas City last weekend. So that was yeah. cool. Uh, Gabe golfed a little bit. I got rained on a little bit on the beverage cart. Tucker was also on the beverage cart. So yeah, I was also <laughs> on the beverage cart. However much, however much I remember of the beverage cart, I was on it. Um, but no, it was a great time with the KCSN golf tournament. I think that was the first time that all three of us has been together in the same. Well, I've almost said same city, but I think I think we've been in this in Columbia all at the same time together, but not right. the same area. Um, yeah, in the same physical space, it was it was a great time. But uh, a lot has happened uh, since that like weekend where we got to kind of talk about some of the stuff going on, uh, mainly conference realignment. I don't feel like we can start a, a podcast about college football, even though like Mizzou really is not impacted at all by this conference realignment. But I think it's very hard not to talk about conference realignment and what's going on. Uh, with everything, and the Pac-12 is essentially dead in the water. Um, with with Oregon and Washington going to the Big Ten, Arizona, Utah, Arizona State, Colorado, all going to the Big Twelve, as you know, what makes geographical sense. Um, so, Gabe, I will first want to get your thoughts on it. I kind of put out a, a poll on Twitter, just trying to get people's general feelings about conference realignment in general. I think there was a few people that responded to me and then said, like, I genuinely do not care, like, where they play their conference games. Um, but what are your thoughts on this this kind of wave of realignment that came this this offseason? Well, realignment is near and dear to all Missouri fans' hearts because uh, I don't know if you guys know um, Missouri started this, right? This is all Missouri's fault still. Uh-huh. I've, heard, I've heard that. 2009. Um Look, I, I mean, I've said a million times, I wish they could just go back to the Big Eight um, yeah. because that's what I grew up with and that's what I like. Um, I mean, I, re- I miss when geography kind of mattered a little bit. Um, I, I think what this, I wrote this morning, what this week has done is it has removed any ability we have to pretend this is anything other than a sport run by the television. Um, that's all it is. Um, you know, I've made the comparison over the last couple of years a few times it's like the fans are being held hostage by college football and it's like they go okay well we've got you in this cell but like you started out with a tv and a toilet and a sink and a bed had a pillow even mm-hmm. we even gave you a blanket and we're just going to keep taking things away and find out just how long you will keep watching and the truth is apparently forever 
Like we're just going to be sitting there on a hard ass concrete floor watching college football. They might toss some bread and water in at once every couple days. But like, it's amazing how much this sport ignores what is good for the people funding it. I mean, they've convinced, they've convinced fans. They've done everything to piss fans off for years and years. And yet they have still convinced fans. We really need you to pay the players. Like we can't do that. We only are getting $71 million this year for playing 12 games on television. We're going to need you to pay the players and they're still doing it. So, I mean, look, as somebody who runs a business, amen, I wish I wish I ran a business that well. I, I don't, I wish I did. Maggie, your thoughts? Um, all I know is I'm, I'm glad we got ahead of the, got ahead of it. I think, you know, we look back 12 years and everybody was like, Mizzou is so stupid, you know, and obviously the first, the first few years, I would say maybe not the first year, I think we had a lot of in- injuries the first year, especially to the offensive line. But, you know, the first few years, I think it worked in our favor. And then, you know, we had some issues on campus and, you know, some coaching turnover and things like that. That that was, you know, nobody's nobody's fault on the, the coaching turnover. But, you know, some things that kind of put us not in a great spot in the SEC. But I, I'm glad we got ahead of it because it is nice to be sitting here and being like, you know, we're kind of sitting pretty no matter what people say when they're like, oh, now that they're bringing in OU in Texas or bringing in whomever, they're going to kick Mizzou out. They're not going to kick anybody out. Right. The whole point of building up conferences isn't to kick people out. It's to add more people. They're not trying to get rid of markets. Um, so I am glad that we got ahead of it. I do like what Drink said. I That part stinks. I think of it from a fan perspective. One of my favorite things about being a fan is going to away games. I think I kind of teased in our in our episode a couple of weeks ago that you know, Southwest had a sale and I, you know, I booked a, I booked a flight to go to a game because with all the schedule changes for us, you know, I don't know who we're going to be playing in two years. I know who we're going to be playing next year, but I don't know who we're going to be playing in two years. Yeah. And I wanted to kind of get ahead of that and go to a game that I might not get to see for a while. And I think of fans of like Washington and I think of fans of Oregon and they're not going to have, be able to travel and see their teams play as often because it's going to, you know, it's going to be a lot harder. It's going to be a lot more expensive. And it's it's just going to be more difficult right. for fans to do those types of things. Um, so I do feel for fans. I, I hope, you know, it's just a, a transition period and it ends up being fine. But you just don't really know. I think everything, there's a learning curve. I think we are slowly working towards two power conferences. Um, and I made a joke on, I think it was 21 Questions, a show that we do on KC Sports Network on the Chiefs channel about how that they should just have two conferences and have, you know, four divisions in each conference and have the winner of each division go to a playoff and then maybe take like three wild card spots. Right. Do wild cards. Basically saying they should just do the NFL playoffs. Um, and like, is that a bad idea? Probably not. But then you're going to get all of those other teams. Like the Big 12 might become a 36 team conference of chaos uh, just because they're just the best of the rest. I don't know what the right answer is for all this stuff. The college football playoff, I believe, is only locked in for two years at 12 and then can can do whatever they want after that because I think ESPN basically controls the college football playoff, um, as crazy as that is. But actually not that crazy because we just saw TV deals basically control all of conference realignment. And I had a, I, I heard this thing on Twitter. I think it came from Barstool. It's, you know that, that graphic is like the heartbreaking, the worst person you know makes a good point. Um, that's what I felt like from this because uh, I think they were talking about like the Longhorn Network ruining kind of college football with the, with the start of the Longhorn Network and everything with the TV deals. Um, and it's a multifaceted conversation, so you can't just point to one thing and be like, that is it right there. That's what ruined college football and everything. But it does seem like the almighty dollar is prevailing in a lot of these circumstances. And it does in a lot of things, right? Like that's not just exclusive to college football. So um, it is... I do enjoy the chaos, especially because, as Maggie, you mentioned, Mizzou kind of got out ahead of the curve there when it comes to the realignment, and they're and they're in a pretty safe house right now uh, when it comes to uh, their conference and everything. But yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Well, the way this affects Missouri down the road, because I agree with you, Tucker, we're going to like it, this is a football only conversation, right? Yeah, and that exactly. was Eli Drinkwitz's point when he talked is. 
like football's going to be fine, but like we're talking about Maryland or or Maryland Oregon volleyball and West Virginia Arizona softball like, on a Tuesday on a random what Tuesday. are we doing right yeah. and yeah. and for fans it's one thing like you can fly to a game and fly back, but for these players it's. Every, it's okay. We got to fly there a day early and we're flying back the next day. And so like this, look, I think everybody understands that all this talk about academics and all this other stuff, it's all crap. And it has been forever. They don't care. They don't care about student athlete welfare. They don't care about any of this stuff. They care about making money. And that's fine if you just come out and say it. But the way it affects Missouri, I think you're right. I think we're going to eventually some version where these power conferences split away from everybody else and do their own thing separate from the NCAA. Um, because, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't understand, like the NCAA does not run the college football playoffs. They don't run the football postseason, right? So, yeah. so at some point these leagues, and it's why it's probably good to be in the SEC or the Big Ten right now, those leagues and then maybe the big 12 and maybe some of the ACC who knows are going to kind of go do their own thing. Now, to me, the only question is how many teams are a part of that, right? Mm. Is it everybody? Like if you're already in one of those leagues, are you guaranteed? Are we guaranteeing Cincinnati a spot in this? Are we guaranteeing Northwestern a spot in this Wake Forest? Or is this going to be kind of a pick and choose thing? And for Missouri, if you get to about, 36, 40 teams. I think Missouri's probably pretty safely in that, right? Yeah. But if this thing gets cut off at 32, like, what if it's the top eight in the SEC, the top eight in the Big Ten, and then we're going to pick what else we want? Like, that's where you get kind of in danger of, I don't know if we get a seat at that table. And, like, a lot of people have said, NIL is going to kill my interest in the sport. The transfer portal is going to kill, whatever. All these things, right? Like, there were people who said the forward pass was going to kill them. <laughs> the thing that I think would, it wouldn't kill it, but I would be so much less interested in watching something like we're talking about because I already watch a league where there's only 32 teams that have a chance to win a title and they play on Sunday and they have way better players. I don't want to, I don't watch AAA baseball. I don't watch, you know, Turkish basketball. I want to watch the best players play. Um, and there's a lot of things about college football. Like, I like the idea that, oh, hey, remember that one time they played North Carolina in a bowl game? Yeah. Right? That, it, it, like, it's just this random kind of one-off thing that happens. I don't want to watch them play the same 36 teams every year. Like, it, the, the beauty of sports is you start the season and... Look, I think most Missouri fans would say, we understand we're probably not winning a national title this year, right? Yeah. But, like, the chance is not zero. There is a world in which it could happen. If you go to something where you've now told two-thirds of the sport, like, that chance doesn't even exist, why do you watch? Why does anybody care? And so, I don't know, there's a, there's a lot of problems with it. But, again, we keep watching, guys. Like, I, I look, when when... Ohio State is playing its first game at Autzen Stadium. I promise we're all going to be watching it. You know, like we could say whatever we want, but we're going to turn it on TV. And as long as we do that, it, you know, that's how its decisions are made. I think as long as, as sports are going to be about money and early football, and I don't see that going anywhere ever, um, I think Missouri is safely in because of their location. I don't see them. I mean, I'm not saying that St. Louis and Kansas City are massive markets by any means, but they're but they're still two decent sized markets. They're two. What are aren't they like number four and five or five and six in the SEC? So it's like, I mean, most of them, they're not terrible markets to have. They're Kansas City, especially, is a huge is a huge football town. So, I mean, but, but like the flip side of that is, okay, Houston's in the big 12. Houston's like the fourth biggest city in America. So are they automatically in something like this? Houston football? Really? We do with that. Yeah. You know, know. so I, I, but there's a lot of Texas, Texas A&M, 
we're alums in Houston. I don't know. It's it's hard. Yeah, I, it's hard. It's all hard, hard to gauge. Yeah, it's so hard to gauge what's I, really I, gonna go on. Like I really liked it. conference realignment was fun for like a year in mm-hmm. 2010, and then I got really tired of. I mean, I it was great for business, so I, I liked that part of it. <laughs> but then I I got a little tired of it, and now I'm just always thankful. Like I'm glad I can just like read about it on Twitter. I don't really. Have but yeah, you know, um, I, I thought Eli brought up some good points the other day, and and I've talked to a few people that have said that the craziest thing is like when the NFL added, you know, Jacksonville or the Panthers or whatever. Like they took four or five years to think about, hey, where do we want to go? Do we want to do this? They did a million studies. Yeah, the pact like Oregon and Washington were just, in like twenty five minutes. They were like, yeah, we'll go do that thing. Like, I know the Pac-12 has been around for 100 years, but we'll just go do that. Like, we don't really, we haven't really thought about whether it's going to work or not, but it's another $10 million, so we should probably do that. And again, like, point out to me what that 10, like, Missouri fans like to say, thank God we're in the SEC, we make so much money. But what has that money done for you as a right? And and that's what I keep, like, okay, Oregon, you're making $30 million instead of $20 million, and I get that's more. But what does that do for your fans? Like, do you have a better chance to win the Big Ten? Or did you have a better chance to maybe actually just stay in the Pac-12, whose ass you've mostly kicked for the last 15 years, get in the playoff, play the teams you've always played? Right. Uh, for me as a fan, I guess it, it doesn't provide me anything. I mean, it is nice knowing that, like, especially this year, obviously we built that beautiful, like, indoor facility in which, you know, some people are like, oh, this is however, you know, everybody has this. We had one, too. We upgraded it. It's great. Um, but you know, we need that. You to to compete and to get better recruits, you have to have a hundred yard indoor practice facility. I mean And you also now have to have hundreds of thousands of dollars from the fans to pay the players. Yes. And, and also the schools that are making also, and also that too. You you also need to have that too, which is great. It is crazy. Um but like I, I was doing some research on some things and like looking at like some how much some schools are making that are in the Big Twelve and stuff like that. And I, I'm not saying that like it, this makes us more of whatever because we obviously haven't done anything that K State hasn't done. K State's obviously been more successful in the Big Twelve than we have been in the SEC, um, at least in the past year and probably I guess in their first year. I think 2012 they had a pretty good year. Um, or at least they tied. I don't. I don't remember. It's been so long. But I mean, we made in 2022 made 60 million dollars more than K State, like our in in the athletic department. 60 million dollars. I mean, that does give you a leg up in terms of things that you can do to your facility in terms of getting better recruits in. Do I know if that's what what swayed Josh Manning? Probably not. That's probably not what swayed Josh Manning to go to Hill. But like. At the same time, like those things do matter. There's still, you can give um, Waniri or whomever as much money as you want to give them, but they're still not going to play at super crappy universities. Okay, so if, if we're saying it matters, then we can't blame Oregon and Washington for doing what they did. Right? I mean, because you can't play both. You can't say, well, Missouri I makes more money, so it's good for Missouri and... No, I don't. And we're going to Washington. Why did you blow up the Pac-12? No, I don't you know? blame them for leaving. Just like I don't blame Mizzou for leaving. I think that they they're making smart business decisions. Like they're trying to get out before they're you know they they don't want to get got. Just like Mizzou didn't want to get got. <laughs> like you know, I, I I think they're making smart choices for their institution. I don't think that it was Missouri's job to make sure that Iowa State was okay. Mm-hmm. I'm I. But I still think you're allowed to have empathy for the small programs. And that was my thing with Drink. Like, I think that what he was saying, that doesn't make it not right. I think what he was saying is still correct. But nobody's thinking about that. It's not, like you said, everything is a football decision. Nothing has anything to do with tennis. Nothing has anything to do with swimming. And I think we, I mean, I remember in the first round of realignment when, Bill Self, who like, look, I understand he it is he is he's probably not popular with our audience here, but 
it's tough to argue that he does not coach at one of the kind of, you know, college basketball blue bloods. Like Bill Self said in 2011, yeah, we found out we don't matter. Like, we know what matters. It's only football, you know. And so, and, and look, the truth is, again, come October 3rd or August 31st or September 2nd or whatever it is, we're all going to be watching, guys. Like, I, I mean, they're just going to keep, whatever they do, we're still watching. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. It really does, um, which... You can take it how you want it. I, I, you mentioned, you know, I don't necessarily blame the the Washington and Oregon for blowing up the Pac-12. When you start to look at the the, the singular deal that the Pac-12 had on the table for them, it was not sustainable. I don't believe the more reports that come out about the deal that they had, the reported deal with Apple, it looked like it was just kind of a nightmare. Truthfully, it was like subscription based plus like teams were they 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 were ba- Apple was basically asking Pac-12 teams to run a rival site. Right. Yes. They were like, yes, here, just I mean, if you do good work and people sign up for it, you're going to make, gonna make you also might make absolutely not. Right. And so I understand why, uh, you know, the Arizona's, the Colorado's, the Oregon's, the Washington's were like, we can't do this for the long term. I like I understand why that was done. And really, once you start to understand why all these decisions are made for a college football and then, well, actually, I should have reversed these be a a money be college football. Those are uh, two decisions that make the two and two reasons that make the decision make a little bit more sense. But like it, this is a kind of a, uh, I don't know the right word, but it's a philosophical discussion. Yeah. Why do for some reason we pretend that sports are the only thing that money shouldn't matter? Like it, literally it's why everything is done. Right. Right. I mean, it's why everything is done. And I understand you want to win, but like also. Like you want to make as much money as you can while winning, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so, yes, it's a business. And and again, I think NIL, I think a lot of things that have happened in college sports, I think what we've lost is the ability to pretend that it's not, that's not what it's about, right? Like mm-hmm. now it's just laid bare. Like I see every day on Twitter, somebody is is talking about, you know, well, well, he's only going to that school because of NIL, or we don't want that kid if he's only coming from... Like, what worried you live in? I mean, A, this is always how it's been. B, right. it's now legal. Like, I, I mean, we just... Look, I covered this stuff, and, and the people who do what I do are partly to blame. We got to quit writing. It was just such a great family atmosphere. They made me feel so at home. Oh, by the way, I also have a Mercedes and $200,000, <laughs> which is legal now. You know, and it was also here's the thing about that statement that I hate. And I actually I tweeted this, I think, the other day, too. He has an offer with money at every single school that he is being offered at. So don't say he's only going to X, Y, Z because he was offered in it because they gave him a bag. You were offering him a bag, too. Like, no, the sizes differ. They could yeah. differ, absolutely could differ. I would put money on it that they probably don't differ that much or the other school might not be willing to go up on things. Here's how I think things, like I've had this even back when it was quote unquote illegal, right, to to do things this way. Like people always thought that the ones paying the most money were like Duke and Kentucky in basketball and this and that. I, I actually, it, those aren't the schools that have to, right? Right. The schools that have to are the ones trying to catch it. I mean, yeah. I, I, I go back to like the Kansas City Royals have to pay a free agent more than the Boston Red Sox do. Yeah. Cause like if he goes to Boston, he's going to have a chance. If he's coming to Kansas City, he's given up some of that chance for a little bit more money. So, I think actually, like, and it's why I've argued since the beginning that schools like Missouri, like South Carolina, schools kind of in that middle level should actually embrace NIL because they give you a chance to do some things that you really couldn't do in the past. Because, uh, look, I'm not saying that Georgia and Ohio State and Alabama are just going, yeah, come play here for free. That's not what's going on. But I do think that there is a, like, 
if you are recruiting as the program that's won back-to-back national titles, you can ask a kid like to take a little bit of a discount or say to a kid like, yeah, if you don't like what our offer is cool, we'll just go get the next guy that's every bit as good as you. Yeah. Whereas some of these other schools that are maybe trying to make up ground are looking at it and going, yeah, if we don't get you, we don't have another guy like that. We can just go get right in our backyard. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Um, there's there's an NIL aspect that we're going to get to on this podcast, but first I've got to we've got to take a break. We've we've kind of got a little bit long before. Our we, first we've break. got our own NIL. Uh, we've got our own NIL to talk about, and that's Home Field Apparel. If you guys know, Home Field has got the best designs out there, and they've got a new Mizzou drop coming up on Saturday, I believe. So make sure you uh, go to their homefieldapparel.com. Check out their Mizzou line right now. And if you're into Mizzou, you're going to want to get your stuff from their gear for the season. You can use that code KCSN23 for 15% off your first order at Home Field Apparel. Maybe hold that till Saturday because they got some really good stuff. I've seen some of the stuff they've got coming out. Um, pretty clean. They've got a basketball one. I think, I don't know. I don't know if it's a spoiler. I don't know if I can say it, but there's a really good football one that you're going to want to get. I'll say that right now. Um, but they've got some good stuff there at homefieldapparel.com. I personally. Enjoy all of their designs. It's vintage stuff. I love the vintage look, the vintage feel, very comfortable shirts. And as well, they've got over 150 schools there. I think Kent State is also getting dropped as well. I always enjoy like the Mac schools. So your Toledo's, your Kent State. Maction. You like oh, Maction? I love some Maction. It, it tides me over on that Tuesday from where all the football is. I, I love to watch it. Uh, Toledo's my team that I've semi adopted. Uh, so you, can, I always like to go and look at there. North Texas is a school that I always like to. I don't know why. That's, they're always the team I started NCAA football with on uh, when I was the mean green. When I'm the mean greener. The mean green, yeah. After Mean Joe Green. Um, but I mean they've they've had some good alums come through there. But they've got great designs. So if you if you love Mizzou, obviously you're gonna love their stuff. But if you want to check out all their other designs too, because I like to just go around and look at all the other vintage logos and stuff they have there. Go check those out again. That use code KCSN23. At homefieldapparel.com for 15% off your first order. Okay. We're going to take a break. After we get back, we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about the team on the field this year. We'll probably get to a little bit more after that, too. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app, find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Entertain, educate, inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back into Mizzou. That's who here on KC Sports Network. We are talking. Well, we just got done talking conference realignment. And, and listen, I feel like that's such a, a topic right now. We we hit on Drake's comments a little bit, but I think he had some really good comments. If you hadn't heard them, go listen to them already. But I think we should talk about the team that's going to be taking the field for the Missouri Tigers game. You've been at practice. They've had open practices for you to be at and physically watch. Kind of. They're not going to show you too much. Uh, what if what have your impressions been so far? Well, it's like, I always have to stress, we basically see individual drills. Yesterday, I think, for the first time, I saw a quarterback throw a pass in which a defender actually was on the field. Well, that was a big deal. Um, That was nice. But like, you know, some of these clips get put out on Twitter and it's like, yeah, guys, they should complete 98% of their passes. They're SEC quarterbacks and there's literally not a defender. I mean, absolutely. You, You just, you can't read too much into what we see, but my main takeaway is, is at most positions, and I asked Eli about this on Saturday, and he pretty much agreed, they have more options than they've had before, right? Like, I've watched three straight teams under Drinkwitz at Missouri that the starting quarterback wasn't really good enough, and he didn't have anywhere else he felt like he could turn. So regardless of who his quarterback is this year, Brady Cook, Sam Horn, Jake Garcia, like, if that guy isn't getting it done, I think he feels like, okay, I've got somebody else I can give a shot, right? The offensive line, they've got eight or nine guys that they feel like potentially this guy's good enough to be a starter. So if that first five isn't working out, they can shift somebody else in. I mean, wide receiver, they have, they have 10 guys that could play. Like, three of them are basically not going to get on the field at all, you know? Um, and, and they're guys that, you look at and think should be pretty good players. Uh, safety is is another position where they got a lot of guys. Defensive tackle. I mean, defensive tackle. You've got Marquise Graciel and Jalen Marshall, who are two kids that everybody's really excited about. Well, 
They brought their their top five back from last year. I don't see how those guys play, right? I mean, not an important start in important spots. So point is, they. I'm not saying they will be without problems, but if they do have problems, I think there are more potential solutions than there have been before. Yep. One of my one of my favorite videos that when you're talking about Twitter Twitter clips, and uh, we were talking about this on um, one of the quarterbacks. I'm not, I'm not going to name who it was, but one of them, he uh, threw, threw a, a not great pass and um, somebody made a great catch and somebody commented, oh, that was a great pass and a great catch. But they didn't realize that it was Chris Abrams. It was Chris Abrams. Drain. <laughs> a man made the the interception. So that was pretty funny. It just felt like I threw that. I'm not going to say what quarterback it was if you missed it. <laughs> Here's what I've learned about Twitter video clips so far. Find yourself something that you love as much as TV people love a wide receiver dancing in practice. Uh-huh. That, that's apparently, that is gold right there for social media. That's so a lot of that. So I've I've been out at Chiefs training camp, which, very similar. Uh, an instance of like people being all over clips coming out of right. practice. Um, I think it's very funny when you talk about practice clips because you can take it one of two ways, right? You can see you can see that quarterback throwing an interception to Chris Abram and think, "Gosh dang it, Mizzou has no quarterback again. Right. What is going on?" Or you could look at it and be like, "That's a really great play by Chris Abram The defense is going to be really good this year." <laughs> like you can you can see you can have these clips fit whatever narrative that you want it to. And you learn a lot about people based on their reactions. Yeah. Like back when we could actually cover all of practice like we wrote about everything that happened right like i would come back and i would be like i, I would be like okay i know like four or five receivers really had a good day and i would write it and i would go oh god i just know the reaction is gonna be well our defense sucks <laughs> like you know like you can just tell a lot about how people react oh no abram's drains a first round draft pick everyone so right. <laughs> that's the that's my take from the video right that's that's what i think is really interesting but no i i think I've had a lot of people, non-Mizzou fans, uh, when Drinkwitz, I think we did a podcast, when Drinkwitz uh, after media day was like, you know, uh, Brady Cook is going to be the starting quarterback for camp. I've had a lot of Mizzou fans, non-Mizzou fans message me and be like, really? Like, that's the de- that's the decision he's going to make right now? And I was like, okay, you guys have to realize this is like for camp. This is not for the first game. Um but as it's gone on, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested, uh, Gabe. Have your thoughts changed about the quarterback position at all? I think Brady Cook will take the first snap against Celtic. Does that mean I know if he's going to take the first snap against Kansas State or Vanderbilt? And no, not necessarily. But again, I just like I don't think he's an all SEC first team quarterback that's going to win ten or eleven games. But like they were pretty close last year with it. He has to be better than he was last year. Absolutely. But the the. The reaction from the fan base, if he is the starting quarterback, I think is com- going to be completely unfair to him. I mean, it shows, frankly, I'm going to lose subscribers on this, but I don't know how else to say it. It shows a lack of intelligence on people's part to just completely, like, nobody knows what the defensive ends win-loss record. And I understand quarterback's the most important position in sports. Like, every now and then, you get a Joe Burrow or a Pat Mahomes or somebody like that who, I don't care who you put around them. Those guys make the other guys that much better, right? But there's a lot of really pedestrian quarterbacks who have done pretty well, right? I mean, of course, you want the alien with all the physical tools who can do everything. But, like, there's a lot of different guys you can put. Trent Dilfer has won a Super Bowl. Yeah, nobody is putting Greg McElroy in anybody's Hall of Fame or AJ McCarron, and those guys won titles. You know why? Because they had elite guys everywhere. And so, what does Brady Cook needs? He needs a hell of a lot better offensive line than he had last year. He needs literally anyone at tight end. He needs a running game that's a bigger threat than last year's was. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. he needs a receiving core that has more than one guy who's a threat, which is all they had last year. Because I understand Luther put up some numbers. He also dropped about as many passes as he scored on. They had one wide receiver last year who you could consistently count. So 
if all those other places are better and Brady is just a little bit better, why can't he win eight games or nine games as the quarterback? And he was, I mean, I don't know how bad his injury was. Bad enough to need surgery. I mean, sure. like. Yeah. In I his was, throwing shoulder. In his right. throwing shoulder. I mean, for the majority of the season. The very vast majority of the season. And do I know if he should have been playing on it? I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a, you know, so I'm not going to make that call. But I would say that we were pretty close to, you know, pretty close. I know Drink said we shouldn't talk about pretty close because that's not going <laughs> to get us anywhere. But we were pretty close to a lot of games. And a lot of them, I would say, were not entirely his fault. So, yeah, yeah. do I think that he's probably earned the South Dakota start? Probably. I, I mean, no football game is ever entirely anybody. Like, Yeah, exactly. I understand. Like, do they win the Auburn game if Nate Pete holds on to the ball? Yes. There are also about 14 other things that would have won the Auburn. You know, like, I mean. Making a... How far away was the chip shot? Making a kick, not punting nine consecutive times in the right. second and third. Scoring a single point in the, in not the middle. Scoring an inter- right. Like, so it is very, very, I mean, there are times where one play can change a game, but there's almost no time where only one play can change a game. Right. You know, so again, yes, Brady has to be, or whoever's the quarterback has to be better than Brady Cook was last year. But they need to be better literally everywhere on offense than they were last year. Right. What what I seem to what I've seemed to gather from these practices so far, you know, from grains of salt that we've been able to been able to talk about these practices, is the depth of this team has really improved. And I think that that's gonna be the biggest thing is the depth of the, you know, the offensive line, which was kind of put at a handicap when they had to name a, a new offensive line coach in the middle of the offseason. They get a couple of transfers that come in. And I think that that will be good for the offense. It played with the injury bug really bad on that offensive line unit. And I think if they can just have some sort of consistency up there, you're going to see a whole lot different of an offense because I really think that that's kind of where it all crumbled at last year uh, for Mizzou is that offensive line was abysmal to say, to, to say it nicely, kind of honestly, uh, because like that's where it's all going to start is in the trenches there. So, um, yeah, I'm very interested to see how the offense works. I think we all have pretty high expectations for the defense just because of the returners. I know there is some concern um, at edge and uh, maybe in, the, in that defensive end room and along the defensive line. I think the interior is pretty solid. Uh, but defensively, Gabe, what are your thoughts on that unit so far? I mean, it's it's impossible to tell in practice simply because, like, they are having a scrimmage. I think it's probably going on while we're recording this. We're not allowed to see that. Um, they have not been in full pads. Right. I have not seen the defense face the offense. You know, I can say based on a drill yesterday, I can tell why a lot of the safeties play safety and not wide receiver. Um, Blake Baker, not particularly thrilled with the hands in that group um, yesterday. But, you know, it, again, like we know the offense has to be better. And it's also a little bit like, can the defense be as good? Or, you know, as it was last year, like one of the interesting things to me is, because this defense came into last year, nobody expected right? right? It was, can you just maybe not be the worst? Like, you don't have to be good. Just don't be the worst. Like literally the worst in Power 5 football. Just be a little better than that. And then all of a sudden it turned into a strength. So I'm curious what's harder to be good when nobody expects you to be good or to actually be good when everybody expects you to be good, right? Because now Darius Robinson, Jane Jernigan, Tyron Hopper, all these guys come into a season and it's like, all right, so now we expect you to carry this team. And that is sometimes, I think, more difficult than doing it when there's no eyes on you. Yeah. Well, especially when, you know, a few of them, I know for sure, got some NIL stunts so to, to stick around for another year. So it is a lot of... It's got to be a lot of pressure. I think, you know, they're probably used to a little bit of pressure. They play Division One college football, so it's not anything I'm sure they're not used to doing. They play in front of, you know, 60 to 80 to 90,000 fans every week. So hopefully they're they're ready for it. But yeah, I'm sure both of them are pretty hard, but I'm hoping I'm hoping it's not any harder to for the latter of those. 
that's what I'm most excited to see, honestly, is how the defense performs. Uh, there were a few games there where Mizzou was in the games just purely because the defense scored a touchdown. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of lot of times where it's just like, okay, um, the defense scored. Now, is the, is the defense going to outscore the offense this game, basically, is what it came down to sometimes. Well, and also, how many times was it? Well, yeah, the defense gave up 24, but on 10 of them, the offense... The opposing offense had to go a total of eight yards, right? Right. Yeah. The, the the whole what if game, like the Auburn game, was in a category of its own last year. But that Kentucky game, like everybody forgets, even if that thing's called in Missouri's favor, like the Missouri offense still has to go thirty five yards to win that game, and mm-hmm. that was no sure thing last year, you know. So those two yeah. games were in a little different category of what if, right? Was it the Florida game too, where there was two pick sixes? Uh, am I remembering that correctly? There was a game where there was two pick sixes, but they were still there were a in pick the six in another one, like in Missouri territory. Yeah, yeah, that might have been it. But like there was one, they were like still very firmly in that Florida game because of the defense, and like it's it's going to. I think I think the biggest thing for this team is not. I mean, yes, be better on offense, all that, but also just be smarter. Um, yeah, I mean, God, they had some backbreaking penalties. Or, I, I mean, I remember the one the, the one game that I just thought this is like Murphy's Law football team in action is you've got a lead on Vanderbilt. You've got the ball. Literally the only way you can lose this game is to turn the ball over. And what do they do? They fumble the ball. And now they still won the game. But it was a team that, like, if you said, okay, You've got 99 ways to win this game and one way to maybe not win it. It was amazing the number of times they found the one. Yeah. You know, so that's a big, and I don't know if that's coaching, if it's bad luck. I don't know what it is, but like, that's a, that's a big part of this year. Like just don't full start on the one foot line, right? Don't, don't jump on fourth and one or hold on fourth and one. Don't get a pass interference penalty on third and 14, whatever. Um, you know, just just find a way to, to play a little smarter. I mean, the Auburn game was the same way. I think another thing we really need to be better at too is on our fourth down defense. I feel like last year that was a lot of, I mean, fourth and short. I feel like it, they went for it a lot on fourth and short. And I specifically remember Georgia did it a lot. Yeah, Florida, Florida did too, and. Mm, I hate talking about the Florida game because that was one of them. I feel like we, you don't people don't really look at as we we only lost by seven, but people don't really look at that as one of the the closer closer games. But there was a clear penalty that should have been called against Florida on a, on the fourth and two where they ran for like forty yards. He Anthony Richard ran for I think forty yards, and uh, he didn't score on that play, but he scored. They scored on the next one, and it wasn't called. But if it would have been called, it would have been you know, called back and whatever, but they still went for it on a fourth and two. We sh- they shouldn't be going for things on fourth and two again. They shouldn't be too scared to go for things on fourth yeah. fourth and two against this defense. You know what I'm saying? So I'm hoping that, you know, our fourth and two defense or our fourth down defense can step up and they don't do that this year. Good point. I mean, I'm with that too. Um, all right, we got to take one more break. Uh, when we get back, we're going to talk about some recruiting because I think that's the hot stuff in the streets right now. Uh, we'll be back right after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Welcome back into Mizzou. That's who here on KC Sports Network. We're going to talk some futures recruiting here, some 2024 recruits. Obviously, a couple big names, big in-state guys. Ryan Wingo, the wide receiver, uh, five-star guy, and uh, Williams uh, Winery. I say that right? Did I get it right? We think so. Yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, I should have just, like, confidently said it, and everyone was like, yeah, he knows what he's talking about, but I, 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 I hesitated. Um <laughs> Those are those are two really big ones. Obviously, Williams, the guy he, from Lisa North, I believe, on the top of my head, um, he was by some sites he's been called the number one recruit in the country in 2024. Uh, Gabe, any thoughts on his recruitment? As you have, listen, yeah, yeah, you got a future ball, you got the crystal ball. Yeah, he's announcing on Monday night. Um, at Lee Summit North Stadium, uh, I talked to his coach over the weekend. That interview is up on our site. Um, it is the hats on the table will be Missouri, Georgia, Oklahoma, Oregon, Tennessee. Um, most people don't really think Oregon and Tennessee, like Oregon and Tennessee might still have the tag on the hat so he could take mm-hmm. this back uh, when he's done. <laughs> um, although I did see uh, an announcement a couple nights ago where Florida State's hat was the only one that still had a tag on it, and that was the one the kid picked. So that, but, um, most people think it's Missouri, Oklahoma, Georgia. The interesting part is Oklahoma people think it's Missouri, jo- Missouri, Oklahoma. Georgia people think it's Missouri, Georgia. Yeah. Um, now Missouri is the consistent. I look, I, I have, I have said like, I don't, I don't know where the kid is going. I, you know, I think Missouri has a, like, if I had to, tell you today this is where I think he's going based on everything I've heard I think he's going to pick Missouri but like there's seven days like that could change and the other thing is like you know these are 17 year old kids man yeah. like the and and I don't say this like I understand like when I put a future cast in for Ryan Wingo I understand that Maggie and Mizzou Twitter is immediately going to share that with the world. And I am now on the hook for guaranteeing that Ryan will <laughs> Missouri. Right? But like the jock has never been predictive future of 17 year old kids. All we do is like go by all the information we have and say, I, I don't know. I think this is what's going to happen. But man, like they probably don't know what they're having for lunch tomorrow. Right. And maybe it changes, um, especially in the era of NIL. When when you're talking about literally six figure money and I don't have any hesitation in saying six figure annual money for these kids. Like. There's people out there that now have seven days to put together maybe a little more money than was, you know, and, and that does matter. Like not every kid picks the highest bid. Right. It's absolutely not the decided. I've said over and over, it's not an auction. You don't just get to say, "Here's my bid. I won." That's, that's not how this works. But it's a fact, right? Like it, it, it does matter. So, um, I, I, my best information is Missouri and Oklahoma are probably the leaders. Um, and we'll see. It would be a big deal. He is top three in the country by. Everyone who reputably does this, I think. Right. I think uh, I, I think most people know this, but his coach played at Oklahoma. Correct. Didn't just played go for a year at Oklahoma. Yeah, signed with Oklahoma, played for a year. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, pretty big proponent of Oklahoma. I mean, multiple players have went under from Lee Summit North have went to Oklahoma. I'm not saying that he's forced anybody to go there but i i'm not saying that he has it you know i think i mean it, it, i think most coaches don't you know i i flat out asked him when i interviewed him i said what's your role and, and look i don't expect him to say well i tell kids go to, to go to oklahoma you know mm-hmm. even if that happened i don't think he would tell me that no. but he said look i i've been through this process i know these i know who these kids are and how their personalities might work with different coaches. So I, I, I give my input, but I want the family to agree with each other, not necessarily with me. Hmm. Um, and, and so 
I, I don't know. I, I find it interesting. Um, you know, that, that like I always bring up AJ Ofadale, who was the head coach at Rockbridge and Missouri fans like were convinced, like, why won't he push kids? To, he should absolutely send kids to Missouri. And now it's Jamar Mosey. Well, he's terrible because I assume he sends kids to Oklahoma. I don't think he did one. Like, I think the vast majority of high school coaches, like, the truth is, even the best high school coaches, most of their kids are D1 players, right? You're not getting in this to send four D1 kids to a certain school. I think you're getting in it because, for the most part, I genuinely think they like coaching football and like making these kids, you know, uh, better, even though the vast majority of them are playing D1 football. So, yeah, a decent number of Lisa McNort kids have gone to, to Oklahoma, but, I mean, it's not like we're talking about Arizona Technical School of yeah. Tucson, you know. I mean, it's a good program. And Armand Mimbo came here a couple of years ago from from Lee Summit North. So mm-hmm. um, I take I take Mosey at his word. He's I, I've met him a few times. He seems like a good dude. I think it's going to be Williams Winery's decision. Mimbo Mimbo didn't have an OU offer though, did he? I don't. There's been some dudes coming out of Lee Summit North the past few years. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they're really starting to. That's for Caden Green. For Caden Green. Yep. And obviously he's at KU, or not KU, at OU. Yeah. Um, if he went to KU, there'd be some meltdowns in the city. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> but, uh, but anyway, I, I do think that like the talent in Kansas City is, is very high now. I think it's at one of the highest points it's been. In some time. Uh, but I think when you talk about keeping talent in state, Ryan Wingo in the St. Louis, I think Drinkwitz has been able to keep the St. Louis uh, guys in state a little bit better than he has Kansas City. Um, Wingo, we can flip over to him, the, the wide receiver there. They've been recruiting him pretty heavily um, for for a while now, it seems like. Um, but what do you what do you think on him, Gabe? And and don't like don't ignore Jeremiah McClellan, who's a four star receiver from CBC. Yeah. He's announcing on Sunday night out. I currently think that's going to be Ohio State. Um, uh, there are some people around Missouri that that feel like they've made some headway and that think they could get him, if not Sunday, maybe before signing day. Um, but uh, yeah, Wingo, I mean, I think he got an offer from Missouri's freshman. Um, you know, and, and again, like the elephant in the room here is like on August 28th, there is legitimately a state law in Missouri that says if you go to school at a Missouri school, and again, this would be true for Missouri Western or Northeast Truman State or, I don't know, maybe Culver Stockton, I don't know. But, but Missouri is the only kind of FBS football program, so it yeah. mostly affects Mizzou. But like they can start getting money that day. December 20th, they can start getting an IL money. Now, I'm assuming, I haven't seen any of these deals, I'm assuming they will be written such that you have to actually show up. You know, like, you have to you have to get to campus and, and be here for a year. But I, I've said over and over, if I'm advising any of these kids, I tell them, yes, yeah, I'm with Missouri. Get the money. If you don't like it, you go in the transfer portal in a year. And Oklahoma or Georgia or Notre Dame or whoever you're thinking about is still going to take you then. Um, but you've got a potentially life-changing sum of money in the bank. Like mm-hmm. when you graduate from high school, you know, um, it's, and when we can do a series of podcasts on the kind of ridiculousness of that, but to Eli Drinkwitz's credit, his only job is to win football. Like we've talked about all these other things. His job is to win football games and get the best players he can get. And so look, this is the type of stuff that the SEC has been doing for a long time. If you want to be important in this league, you have to do things like this. And if there are people out there who say this is gross and I don't want to do stuff, I get that. But that is what this league is. Which and a lot a lot of people, you see this all over Twitter right now and everybody is commenting, well... I don't know why these players would sign at Missouri. Drink's not going to be there in a year anyways. Like, you see that everywhere, okay? Regardless if how Mizzou does, regardless of if Drink's there or not, props to Drink for recruiting like he's going to be there next year. Because he because you heard, you hear, heard things about, 
OU fans were saying this all the time that Lincoln Riley knew he was leaving and he wasn't doing that. Who who cares if he was or he wasn't? Like I don't know if Lincoln Riley knew he was going to USC, but you heard it from OU fans. Yeah. So him living like living life and recruiting to his best ability, like that's all you can ask for out of your coach. That's all I can ask for out of my coach. Go get us the best players. Try to win this year. Try to win next year. Try to win five years from now, even if you know you're not here. Well, and and here's the interesting part to me about this. And and like I said, I don't think we're going to be having a conversation about Eli Drinkwitz's job. I think he's going to win enough games. A thing we're talking about, but even if it is, this at IL money is not dependent. It's still going to be there. Yeah. Whether it's Eli Drinkwitz or somebody else, the program isn't paying it. Eli Drinkwitz isn't paying it. This money is coming from other people who have been invested in the University of Missouri long before Eli Drinkwitz was here and will be invested in the University of Missouri long after Eli Drinkwitz is here. So my point is not just for Missouri, but for everybody. I think this actually gives you a better chance to hold on to kids in a coaching search Mm. because... Now, look, I, I'm sure that, you know, Eli is, a, again, it's not an auction. I'm sure Eli is a factor. Or Brent Venables is a factor. Or Kirby Smart's a factor. But if that coach leaves and you can say, yeah, all those things he talked about, like, it's still here. You're still going to get $300,000 and uh, whatever, you know, T-shirts with your face on it and all that. You're still going to get that no matter who we hire. Like, I wonder if we don't see more kids stay through a coaching change anywhere than did in the past. Hmm. It's interesting to think about that. first thing that came to my head when, when Bazoo was in these in, kind of in the mix for these two big in-state recruits were how much was that ill that Eli Drinkwitz and Mizzou help endorse is going to play into this? Um, that how much is that going to, to help them in the recruitment? I think it's going to... It's, going to be a big factor i think it's been a big factor already why they're still in the mix um and i think that that's been a very big thing and like maggie was saying like yeah it's a part of it like i don't understand why people continue to say well they're they might go there because you're paying well everybody's i mean yeah like i mean i i think it's pretty i hope to pay apparent like everybody that understands how this works like it played a big part in getting luther burden here and now he's here and he's a part of your team and who really cares? But like, yes, it's part of the game. You know, it's it's like saying, well, I mean, that guy only had 19 strikeouts because he throws a 99 mile an hour fastball. If he didn't have that, then he would only have had five strikeouts. Right. Oh, accurate. Patrick Mahomes is only with the Chiefs because they gave him $500 million. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you know, he's... A, He's only really good because he can like throw the ball behind his back. Yeah, but he can do that. Like that's right. a part of it. You know, it's all very interesting. Make sure to be uh, tuned into PowerMizzou.com to for all the latest that go on there. And Inclu- okay. including seriously, like I don't know when this is going out, but like in three yeah. hours, the basketball program we think is getting news too. This will probably be out before that basketball news does come out. Um, so very interesting. Um, yeah. but, it, it's 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 going to be a bit very big. I think Gabe, you tweeted this out a big week or two weeks for both programs in terms of recruiting. It's got a chance to be the biggest week in Missouri recruiting history. See why posted a knockout, right? Yeah, posted Muhammad Ali, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, the kid announcing tonight is named Marcus Allen. Missouri's been recruiting him for a long time. Um, mm-hmm. Was he number fifty six? He no thirty two. I really want Mark. I really want Marcus Allen to oh to wear number thirty two at the university. Oh, you want? Yes, I think I think that should happen. But um, no. But so he announces tonight. Peyton Marshall, who's a top ten six ten three oh five on Friday night, uh, top one hundred player, is announcing. We think that is is very likely to go Missouri's way. McClellan announces Sunday. Winery announces. If they get them all, I don't know an eight-day stretch that would have... I, I mean, look, I didn't... I don't know. Maybe Steve and Sunvold committed together on the same day and maybe yeah. that was bigger. But, like, since people have followed this, right, um, I think that would clearly be the biggest week in 
I mean, I've been doing this 20 years and there hasn't been anything. There have been individual announcements like this, but but I'm not sure there's ever been this many. Wow. Well, that's all you want to stay tuned for us here. We'll be back next Monday with another episode, um, barring anything else that happens, I guess. Um, so make sure you to, to, to keep it tuned in here to KCSN and Mizzou. That's who you're home for Missouri Athletics. Uh, for Gabe Yarman and Maggie Johnson, I'm Tucker Franklin. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.